Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. Nurses walk out in their largest strike action in UK history, as Rishi Sunak calls their latest pay offer appropriate and fair, claiming it's their own fault for not putting all those claps they got two years ago into a high-yield ISA. Police investigating a corruption and bribery scandal linked to Qatar raid the homes and offices of several members of the European Parliament, as Nigel Farage is treated for a Harris Tweed burn to his suddenly throbbing erection. As he faces potential criminal charges over the Capitol riot, Donald Trump releases a series of NFT playing cards featuring him as a superhero. The former president apparently identifies with Superman, who was also famously defeated by an 80-year-old man who can't remember his own name, a slightly heavy glass of water and a 12-degree incline. And finally, hundreds of tropical fish die as the largest private aquarium in the world explodes in the lobby of a Berlin hotel. The Radisson Blue was flooded with a million litres of seawater, in the saltiest deluge since the one in Nadine Dorry's knickers when Boris Johnson first made her a minister. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore, and you're listening to another episode of IC News. We're gearing up for Christmas, so it's time to send those Christmas cards to the giant pile of backlogged letters at your nearest Royal Mail warehouse before rushing to catch a train that isn't running to go and see your loved ones, slipping on a pavement that hasn't been gritted and breaking your arm, then giving up on waiting for an ambulance before walking to A&E to cross the nurse's picket line, and then wait for 15 hours to be seen by an exhausted doctor on the verge of quitting for the private sector. Have a gory Tory Christmas, everyone, because the entire country is broken and our current government is so embarrassingly useless that nothing's getting fixed anytime soon. As the cost of living crisis continues to bite right into the frozen flesh of millions of struggling workers, it's starting to feel like every day of the countdown to Christmas is seeing the announcement of yet more industrial action. In fact, the only workers not striking this Christmas are the gravediggers, because the government is currently doing their job for them and excavating their own by completely ignoring the problem. Ministers are steadfastly refusing to play any role in pay negotiations for the very bodies they set the budgets and conditions for, instead attempting to punt the ball back into the court of the independent pay bodies that make recommendations to the government. Recommendations that are only worth the paper they're printed on if they feel somewhere in the ballpark are vaguely fair to the workers they affect, which they currently very much don't. But maybe this was Rishi Sunak's grand plan for growth all along. By effectively allowing strike action to grind the economy to a halt, the next figures for growth might look a bit more respectable when bouncing back from literally nothing. It's the fiscal equivalent of really jamming the ruler in when you're measuring your cock for grinder. Yes, it hurts like hell and might puncture something vital, but at least you've got a slightly more impressive statistic to fail to live up to when your trousers come off a bit later on. But is the government's narrative on this sweeping range of strikes even vaguely true? 
Would Britain be better off without the troublesome influence of the trade unions? Tom King has the keys to the dimensional gate this week, and he's been travelling the multiverse to find out. Thanks, Sam. The drummers are drumming, the geese are laying, and the lords are a-leaping, mainly because they stuffed their pockets with five gold rings during the PPE procurement process and are now trying to jump clear of any legal consequences. Christmas is well and truly upon us, and with it, a real winter of discontent. Britain is facing the most sweeping strikes it's seen in decades, and the government's pals in the client media establishment want you to be fucking livid that it's ramping up just as Santa prepares to come down your mum's chimney and unload his sack all over her carpet. That's right. If you believe some of the daytime TV pundits currently doing their best to grill the union spokespeople, the strikers are out to ruin Christmas, and they're doing it out of pure greed. Posties, nurses, ambulance staff, railway workers, train drivers, bus drivers, baggage handlers and border force personnel are all walking out at some point this December, like the work-shy Marxist metropolitan elites that they all definitely are. After having the nerve to refuse to content themselves with over a decade of stagnant wage growth, which has led to real terms pay cut after pay cut, the militant unions are now rabble-rousing to bleed the country dry and overthrow our beloved and democratically elected Conservative government. Coming up next, can dogs get bunions? And we'll be bringing you some cracking winter cocktail recipes that I won't be having in my house because Judy drinks five of them every time I try and talk to her. Hang on, what the fuck am I reading? Oh, sorry everyone, it looks like there's been a mix-up. This is Richard Madeley's auto-cue. For fuck's sake. Sod it, I'll wing it. Look, let's not sugarcoat it. This winter is shaping up to be a very inconvenient one, as a direct result of sweeping walkouts across many of our essential services. But the bullshit narratives currently being spun by this government and their pals in the press are doing nothing to ease the crisis. Rishi Sunak at Prime Minister's Questions this week even tried to label the nurses' strike as Labour's nightmare before Christmas, which would have been one hell of an attack line if... He was leader of the opposition and not the fucking Prime Minister. At some point, someone is going to have to point out to that prick that he really is the one in charge right now. This week, we learned that wage growth in the private sector is now outpacing pay in our public services. It's a situation that's causing major problems for staff retention in healthcare and education. A lot's been said about the affordability of major pay increases, but what the complicit media establishment often fails to bring up is the cost of not increasing pay for our essential workers. Yes, senior nurses and teachers can earn half-decent wages once they've put the years in and moved up a few pay scales, but when you can't recruit brand new nurses and teachers because the entry pay and working conditions simply aren't attractive, you've got a major problem on your hands. We are short 50,000 nurses in this country and nearly half of our newly qualified teachers now quit the profession within the first five years. 
That's a dreadful situation to be in when both of those sectors are either fighting to clear up the COVID backlog or catch a whole generation of pupils up on the years of learning lost to the pandemic. This isn't just about a fair pay rise, which in itself is hardly an unreasonable request after a decade of real-term cuts to wages. It's about making those jobs bearable again, and dare I say it, maybe even attractive to people, rather than the thankless drudge that they've become after years and years of austerity. Improving entry-level pay in our essential services will be expensive, but nowhere near as expensive in the long run as allowing our public services to collapse when they become so chronically understaffed that even more of our essential workers quit them. You cannot run the NHS and educate our kids on goodwill alone, and that goodwill is rapidly running out for workers of every stripe who have been taken for granted for far too long. Yes, these strikes may make Christmas holidays difficult for some, but there's an even better reason than everything I've just said for supporting our unions, and I've come here to illustrate it. This is Earth Alpha Dickens Spinning Jenny 42, and it's an Earth where the Tory government are completely unfettered by the protests of trade unions. They simply don't exist here, which is why I've taken to the soot-covered cobbles to find out how the British public are enjoying their uninterrupted festive season. <coughs> Ho there! You boy! What day is this? <coughs> Me? Yes, you! How are you enjoying your Christmas holidays? What's a holiday? Oh, you know, time off from school, boy. <coughs> oh, I don't go to school, mister. In fact, I'm off to work another 18-hour shift at the sausage factory. Well, I hope it's a nice, safe job they've got a young man like you doing. I've had worse. I use a long stick to poke the corpse of the last orphan out of the grinder. It's not bad, apart from when they haven't got a stick. I can count the number of days that happens in the week on one hand, which is handy, because that's all I've got left. Are you... are you alright? Um, you, you don't sound that well. Ah, oh, it's just a bit of consumption. We shouldn't... Shouldn't you take a sick day or something? What the fuck's a sick day? Look, mate, I better go. The foreman kicks the shit out of me if I'm late. Oh, right. Uh, off you go, then. And Merry <coughs> Christmas! If you say so, mister. <coughs> so there you have it, listener. The trade unions might make your Christmas holidays a bit more awkward this year. But for fuck's sake, try and remember why you've got one in the first place. I'm Tom King. Reporting for IC News. When the media aren't outright misrepresenting the trade unions, they also do a fantastic job of trying to redirect our impotent rage at the dreadful state of the country. And there's been no better outlet for that misdirected fury recently than the Sussexes, every tabloid journalist's favourite hate wank. This week saw the release of the second half of their documentary series exposing what they claim has been unfair treatment at the hands of the British press and the establishment of the royal family. And it's fair to say the reaction from the press has been typically belligerent. And here at the network, we certainly aren't above giving airtime to furious right-wing agitators who are desperate to boost their public profile. Joining me in the studio today for what I hope will be a lively and perfectly reasonable debate about what the Harry and Meghan Netflix documentary means for the monarchy, it's our royal correspondent Sebastian Forlock, and from our sister station elsewhere in the multiverse, it's Darren Campaign Finance Grimes from ICGB News. Thank you for having me, Sam. 
Aye, thanks, Sam. Thanks very much. Although I do need to point out, for contractual reasons, I no longer work for ICGP News. Those Marxist snowflakes cancelled me, and now I just pretend to have opinions for money on whichever platform is still stupid and desperate enough to host us. Darren, what's that enormous cardboard box you've got with you? (sighs) I imagine it's all his worldly possessions, isn't it? No, most of my stuff is in the basement in my mum's house, where I live. This is just me royal memorabilia, which I like to carefully place in the background of every Zoom interview I do. You know, just to really hammer home what a grovelling, obsequious little establishment shill I really am. Oh, please. Not more of this performative nonsense. I'd have thought you'd have learned by now that true servility can only come from within. Well, you would say that, wouldn't you? But me, I like having my collection of commemorative plates to look at. You know, to remind me of my place. See? Oh, is that one for the marriage of Prince Edward and Countess Sophie? I must say, actually, it is rather fetching. Isn't it just? And that's not even the start of it. (gasps) A princess... Diana Memorial Teapot, the Queen of Hearts herself. Gentlemen, please, I fear we're already getting rather off track here. I was hoping to ask you both how you feel about the final episodes of this Netflix documentary, because apparently, as a journalist, that's my job now. How do I feel? How do I feel, Sam? Well, I'll tell you exactly how I feel. I think it's outrageous It's a fucking disgrace is what it is to trash our beloved monarchy when we just recently lost our most beloved queen. How dare you interrupt me when I'm fawning, you pompous little maggot. Can he help it? I'm just so outraged. No. I'm outraged. Well, I'm more outraged. No, you aren't. I'm more outraged. I'm the most outraged. Stop it, both of you. I didn't bring you back together just so you could compete with each other again. I wanted us to have a sensible, measured discussion about the accusations of institutional racism and misogyny that this documentary has thrown up. Oh, please, institutional misogyny, when we're talking about that lion little scant cunt. Whoa, now. Oh, my. Oops, sorry, I forget sometimes that real life isn't Twitter, where I can at least say whatever I like now. I don't think you can go on a news show and call Megan a scant cunt before claiming misogyny has nothing to do with her treatment by the press, Darren. Even I'm shocked, and I once watched Theresa. Coffee give a titwank to a matador at a themed orgy at Dominic Raab's house. Look, I'm just flailing desperately to stay relevant here, lads. Please don't cancel me. I can't take another cancellation. I'm nothing without ICGB news. I don't know who I am anymore. I tried to be the most anti-migrant, the most pro-conservative, the most royalist, but nobody will have us on anymore. I can barely keep my mum's roof over me head. Well, if you're Truly that desperate? Sebastian? Oh, I am. I mean it. I'll say anything for money. Hmm. I thought so. (laughs) Here's five pints. Oh, money for my opinion. You may have it on one 
condition. Anything. I mean it. I'll do anything. You have to spend the rest of this interview defending Harry and Meghan. Oh, you fucking bastard. Too late. You took it. Now, Sam, I believe I was saying that I'm the most outraged by the disgraceful web of scurrilous accusation and hearsay that hath been spun by this pair of bothersome exiles. (laughs) I, for one, think there's no way racism and misogyny played a part in the way that a hereditary monarchy founded on the principle that one bloodline is superior to all others treated an outspoken black woman. It's just nonsense. (laughs) What about you, Darren? Oh, well, I am... Oh, I, I think the moment they launched legal action against the Daily Mail, the, the racist press started a hot hate campaign against her, and, and the hysteria now is just yet yeah, more proof of... Ah, fucking knee way, man, I can't do it. I fucking love the royal family. Ha! I knew it. You're nothing but a grifting little con artiste. I love the royals more. Lies and nonsense. Nobody loves the monarchy more than me. And I'll prove it. Oh yeah? Well, I'll prove it more! Why are you both taking your trousers off again? Because this pathetic little worm needs teaching a lesson, Sam. Only a true monarchist has what it takes to lay his genitals out on the desk and smash this silver jubilee plate into them. Oh yeah? Well I'm gonna take this platinum jubilee platter and I'm gonna smash my genitals with it! (laughs) You go ahead, you cur, you shameless imposter. (laughs) The pain. For queen and country! Oh, for God's sake. For the memory of Queen Elizabeth. For the Queen of Hearts, taken too soon. In the name of Prince Andrew's reputation, I offer this tribute. Jesus Christ. For Beatrice and Eugenie, I lay out my... My... Oh, I'm, I'm getting... I'm getting dizzy. Oh, Jesus Christ. I win. I fucking win. Did you see that, Sam? Did you see? (sighs) Sebastian, you have several shards of crockery in your penis. Hmm? Oh, yes, so I do. Well, will you look at that? Please leave. I think I'd rather, don't you? I'm just one stamp off getting a free latte at the cafe at A&E anyway. I'm Sebastian Forlock, reporting for IC. News. Over in the US this week, Christmas for Donald Trump looks set to be an explosive one, with a congressional panel investigating the events of January 6th reportedly set to recommend three criminal charges for the former president over his role in the riot. Charging a former president with insurrection would be a truly unprecedented moment in American political history, but is it actually likely to Oh, for fuck's sake, what now? Sam, it's happening! It's finally happening! Danny, we're in the middle of a broadcast. Oh, never mind that, you soft shites! This is far more important! Haven't you heard? Uh, fault me, what's been going on in here? I really wouldn't ask if I were you. Bloody hell, is that skin? 
It looks like somebody's been circumcised at a Greek wedding. <laughs> You're a fucking wrong and you, pal. This is nothing to do with me. This is all Sebastian. Oh, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Ooh, look. Celebrating the marriage of Andrew Windsor and Sarah Ferguson. <laughs> that one aged well, didn't it? Unlike some of the others he got his hands on. You know, because of the PTSD. Danny, do you actually want something, or are you just here to derail yet another programme? A bit of column A, a bit of column B, Sam. Christ, this is a mess. This bit's airy. Well, by all means, make yourself comfortable. It's not like I was in the middle of anything. Why, thank you for your gracious welcome, my friend. I'll enjoy it while I can, before you get automated out of a job. It's here, pal, the new world order. The technological eclipse of the human race. Why do you think I rushed over here? Danny, what are you wittering on about? AI, Sam. First, the robots came for our factory workers. And I said nothing, for I am not a factory worker. Then they came for our truck drivers. And I said nothing, for I am not a truck driver. But now they're coming for... Unemployed alcoholics with meth kitchens in their attics? You cheeky fuck! Artists, Sam. They're coming for artists. All of us. The painters, the graphic designers, the comedians. We're all going to be replaced by the algorithm. Oh, right. You've got that Lenser app that everyone's talking about. And now you're having an episode. Marvellous. Don't you see, Sam? They're automating our very souls. You'll be next. Why aren't you terrified? Actually, Danny, I am worried about AI art. Are you? Yes, it's being fed the work of professional artists without their permission, without crediting them and without paying them a penny. It directly plagiarises the very skills and individual styles they've spent years practising in order to perfect. By effectively eliminating the market for apprentice and journeyman-level commission work, it threatens to destroy the already financially precarious bottom rungs of the professionally creative ladder, and it spawns soulless facsimiles and pale imitations of genuine human creation. It's a terrifying and potentially job-destroying prospect for anyone considering a career in art, and it desperately needs to be regulated in order to protect professional artists from parasitical interests committing shameless infringement on their personal copyright. Fucking hell, mate. How do you make everything sound so boring? I'm talking about robots that paint here. What I don't get is why you're worried. Don't you get it? AI threatens the very future of IC News. If it can imitate the works of painters and designers with enough data points, don't you think the millions of words you've droned into the cybersphere over the years will be pretty piss easy to imitate? All right, I take your point, but I'm not sure why anyone would want to. Well, that's true. You are very dull. But that didn't stop me trying. Look, I've fed every episode of this podcast into a machine learning algorithm. I've created you, Sam. A digital copy of you. Hello and welcome. You're listening to another lazy Prince Andrew reference Aunt Tori's dreadful IC news. Oh, come off it. That sounds nothing like me. It sounds exactly like you, Sam. Look, it even does the headlines. The Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, too long a set-up, said something, did something today, presumably because something else crowbarred in was hastily written a day before the edit was completed. Smug, 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 Yeah, all right, that's pretty spot on, actually. But it's not just you, mate. 
I fed myself into the algorithm too, and it's uncanny. Tis I, heroic undercover reporter Danny Sutcliffe. Today I wade through danger, bare-chested, and with abs so defined women who catch sight of them swoon and spontaneously climax. Watch as I jet-wash crime and corruption off the hideous face of our body politic with my relentless stream of truth! Yeah, I think a little bit of creator bias might have crept in while you were programming that one. But Danny, I'm a sad little home county's virgin. Won't you teach me to be powerful and handsome just like you? Smug, 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 smug. Oh, come on. Don't you see, Sam? It's already got our relationship down to a T. And this technology is only going to improve. Art is dead, Sam. Dead. There's no putting this genie back in the bottle. Weird. I actually almost agree with you on this one. So what do you suggest can be done about it? How else do you fight Skynet, Sam? With violence! (sighs) That was my laptop, wasn't it? I did borrow it, yes, but only for research purposes. Yes, I've seen the browsing history you tend to leave behind, thank you. It's for a documentary! Into what? The life of Riley Reed? Do you feel better now, at least? Not really, no. But, to be fair, this speed come down is brutal. Right, see you later, pal. I'm Danny Sutcliffe, and I'm going to go and sign out another laptop, reporting for IC News. Right, that's it. I've had enough. There's blood, porcelain and bits of laptop everywhere, and I'm going home. That's the end of our broadcast. We'll be back again the same time next week, but until then, we leave you now with the headlines you may have missed. Scientists hail a nuclear fusion breakthrough as an experiment at the Jet Lab in Oxfordshire releases more energy than was put into the test for the first time. The landmark moment generated enough power to boil a dozen kettles and saw the laboratory promptly charged £1,000 by British gas. Elon Musk suspends the Twitter accounts of journalists he claims shared his location. Musk says that accounts doxing him led to a deranged stalker finding and harassing his son, X. You named your kid after the thing that literally marks the spot, Elon. Do you not think that might have made him slightly easier to find? The government reveals that five more complaints of bullying against the Justice Secretary Dominic Raab are now being investigated, with the Prime Minister's office claiming he can't be fired until he at least gives Rishi Sunak his dinner money back. And finally, Liz Truss denies claims that traces of cocaine were found at Chevening House following a party attended by her allies. Despite talking in a weirdly frantic way with a vacant, glassy-eyed stare while suggesting completely undeliverable business ideas, there is no suggestion that Truss herself took the banned substance. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you and goodbye. me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with the right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of my van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind odd bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. 
Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick though. This deal is limited to the first 500 patrons and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support and we hope you enjoy the show. And no, it's not badger meat. And if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar.